Just as a little disclosure, we had to record this episode on Zoom from home because of the lockdown. So apologies if there is any lagging or buffering or random technical difficulties in this episode, but enjoy nonetheless. And again, I was like 18, I was wearing a dress. And as we were going up in the lift, he put his hand up my dress into my knickers and like pinged my knicker elastic. And I just froze. This podcast talks openly about mental health, sex, relationships, and various other personal subjects that some people may find triggering. Now, I know what you're thinking, so I'm just going to explain a little bit. Why dear Mr. Nicker Thief? So basically, long story short, when I was in year five, I went swimming with my class, and a guy came in the changing room and stole everybody's knickers. So I did what any responsible 10-year-old girl would do, and I wrote a letter addressed to said local pedo, printed it off, and handed it out around my class. It contained some comedy gold, if I do say so myself. Poetic, almost. Yeah. Not only did little Sophie write to the local paedophile, she also wrote to herself every day in her diary. And when we found it, we were like, this is hilarious. People have to hear this. So here we are. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Dear Miss Thief. Of course, you've got myself, Sophie Craig. We've got me, Johanna James. This week, we've got another fabulous guest, and it is none other than... Me. Hi, Maddie Anhalt. Thanks for having me. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> so, Maddie is an incredible comedian, a writer, an actress, and author. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess so, but I hasn't... Uh, yeah, I guess we're getting there. You're a Swiss army knife. You oh, are. Right, You're a, a woman of many talents. What do they call it? M- multi-hyphenate, darling. A multi-hyphenate? I went to a thing just oh. before lockdown and they were like, I'm a multi-hyphenate. I was like, what the hell is that? They were like, comedian, actress, writer. And I was like, yes, I'm a multi-hyphenate too. I didn't realise there was a name yeah, for it. It's like an oh. American thing. But I would say we bring it over. We're all multi-hyphenates. I do. It sounds like a new gender. I know, it's great. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sophie, where are we going today? So, ladies, buckle up. All right, this one's get this one takes a little bit of a uh a different direction, mm. shall we say. Okay. Okay. I mean, a few of these directories have been a bit ominous this season. Um, so I found an even more ominous one and I thought it'd be perfect mm. for us. So we're going back to uh the twenty-seventh of the seventh, two thousand and sixteen. Okay. Now, this is uh, a diary entry about a job that I booked, and it came through uh, an old agent of mine, and it was for a rehearsed reading, Mm -hmm. which was a bit weird anyway. Um, And what I actually pulled up was the email that I sent to my agent the day after I'd been, and that's what I'm going to read today. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So, this is how it starts. Hi. So I went to that sight reading yesterday and it was really, really weird and very unusual. And I just wanted to alert you. So this guy had got in touch with my agent and said, oh, we, like, I didn't have to, it was not like, I'd never heard of this guy in my life. He'd obviously found me, got in touch with my agent and said, oh, we'd like her, I want her for this rehearsed reading or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was it, done. And it was a bit of money. So my agent was like, okay, great. So it started, it was like a little theatre, like a, a fringe kind of theatre, you know, the ones like above a, a, a pub or a mm, bar yeah. in like, it was yeah, in yeah. Camden. Oh, um, etc. Yes, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd know that one. Um, 
As I was looking for the theatre, I rang the number that was provided as uh, I had a little bit of trouble finding it. And a woman answered. When he finally arrived to the theatre, he was very awkward, very out of breath and very late. I asked who it was that I spoke to on the phone and he said it was his mum. What? Okay. Uh, yeah, which is really, really bizarre. Um, and he said, oh, I live with my mum. That's her house phone. Um, the only way I could describe him was around sort of 50, 55, uh, and that immediately rang some alarm bells, but I didn't want to judge anything. So for the sight reading, I arrived and I was told about 15 minutes later after sitting there and him faffing about with a camera uh, that it was just going to be me and him um, and no one else as everybody dropped out last night, but he still wanted to go ahead with the reading. Oh, God. No. Which is weird anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. You just cancel it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He'd also told me that I had to bring clothes to wear for my character. So I brought along some clothes uh, as I was supposed to be playing a BBC journalist. He told me he wanted to wear what he had brought with him instead. And he pulled out what I can only describe as a white vest top where the bottom of the top had been badly cut along to make it even shorter. And this seemed very strange. It definitely wasn't the costume of a journalist at the BBC. That is not... Imagine the, the BBC in, in stripped uh, vests. Sorry, so, I also got really confused then because I thought he was wearing that. I thought he <laughs> was wearing <laughs> And I was like, imagine? this is... Like, I thought he was like, I want to bring the one I've got for me. And yeah. I was like, okay, okay. I'm, all right, I'm moving with this. I'm getting this. For a second. <laughs> but no. <laughs> Oh, Way more ominous. Okay, that's right out with you. I mean, it gets worse. It does okay. get worse. Then the theatre manager that was there came down and said, oh, uh, I'm going to leave now, which I thought was really weird. So I was left alone with this man in the theatre and the theatre staff left for the afternoon. He said to the theatre manager, oh, but don't forget, we've just met and I need a chaperone. A chaperone? What? Yeah. And the theatre guy said, oh, don't worry, I'll be back soon. Obviously, alarm bells started to ring at this point. It was just me and him alone in a dark room theatre where he turned off all the lights and used only a small light and had a torch. It was very, very uncomfortable. He made me change into the outfit and made me have bare feet. He put on his camera and made me stand in the middle of the stage From my understanding, uh, a sight reading is nothing like this. It's a sit down and a read and perhaps some basic blocking whilst holding a script at the most. However, he made me do the whole thing to camera whilst he held a script in front of me and shined a torch on it so I could read whilst he filmed extreme uh, close-ups of me. He got me to repeat certain moves over and over again and had a noose hanging from the ceiling of the theatre. I had to keep putting my neck into the noose, taking off a shirt I had on over the dress, which was as scripted, and bending over. At this point, I was feeling extremely freaked out. Maybe it was me being paranoid and overthinking him trying to get the shot he wanted. So that there is me being super naive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I obviously 
this was only, I think, three, I'd moved been in London three years. This was a new agent as well. <laughs> One that I swept I don't, like, just to, I don't actually think, I like, I get why you've used the word naive, but I think, like, I don't want to bring up a whole thing here, but I think there is something to be said for, like, women in this industry. I know we're going to go into this, but, like, mm-hmm. feeling like that is what we have to do. Yes. Like, so just, like, bowing down to men in power. So I don't even think it's naivety. I think it's just the freaking industry that we're yeah. in. And it's, it, like this, it's like out of also like fear. So he was yeah. really, really aggressive as well. Oh um, so yeah, it, it goes on. I then spent most of the session with my neck in a noose hanging from the ceiling and handcuffed. <gasps> this felt really, really strange. And he made me do it over and over again in the dark, wearing a vest in barefoot I asked him whether this was a metaphor and what it symbolised as I couldn't find it in the script and his answer was very bizarre and I couldn't understand. He didn't explain it to me. He was extremely snappy, saying things like, don't touch your face and concentrate, get it right, if I pronounce one of the words wrong. So he was stood there with a camera and the script behind the camera and then showing a torch in my face and at the script so that I could read it. It was were you being strange. Were you being paid for this? Wait for it. He didn't give me any direction, tell me what it was for or what it was being used for, give me any background on the character or the play. He filmed himself at the end, paying me in a check, which I thought was really, really strange. I actually left feeling really uncomfortable um, and said that I didn't want to continue with the next half of the play. Um, I felt extremely uncomfortable throughout the whole thing. Um, and the more people I've spoken to about it, the weirder and stranger it sounds. I'm a professional actress and I stayed as I wanted to remain professional as it had come through your agency. I have never in my life encountered this, this, well, (laughs) uh, this scenario before and the whole thing left me feeling really freaked out and I couldn't wait to get out. I left halfway through as soon as he realised that I was getting, um, like a whiff of it, if that Mm. makes sense, a whiff of what he was up to. Um, so yeah. He stank. Uh, he, well, he did stink as well. Mm. He was a sweaty, heavy, oh, oh, just, oh. oh. God. Mm. I wondered if you'd worked with anyone before or if you knew anything about him. I can't find anything on Google, and yet you told me he was a playwright. He, ne- he barely spoke to me throughout the whole time, unless to insult me or shout at me for touching my face or pronouncing a word incorrectly. So uh, I, could you please uh, get back to me on this? I think this needs reporting to equity and maybe even further. And that's it. I, first of all, I am so sorry that you had to go through that. Like, that is, that is, uh, I, like, struggling to find the words. It's unbelievable. And so it's this like, guy... At the time, I didn't realise how big a deal it was until I came back from it and was like, what the mm. fuck just happened? But what did your agent say? Well, she got back and she was like, oh, my God, like, I'm so oh, it's sorry. Oh, it's a woman. It was a woman, yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. God. But the thing that she'd said was like, literally, she said he sent over the play. All I knew was that it was a rehearsed read and it was in a theatre. Like, it sounded fine, um, you know, as, as I suppose you would. And that's the thing, isn't it? You're sent to these castings. Yeah. And you just don't know. But was but it, she uh, was hasn't it, done any of her research on this person, obviously. Was either, it an so. audition or was it like, did you get paid? Uh, so he paid me in a check, which I don't think I even cashed, like, because it was only 30 pounds, I think, or 40 pounds he gave me. Mm. And he filmed himself writing the check and giving it to me. Oh, God. It was just like, 
so bizarre. So yeah. bizarre. But I, you know, that is true because like we do go to the standard castings that, you know, they're, we know what Newman Studios and like, yeah. you know, Spotlight. Yeah. Brendan Beach and, you know, Spotlight and, like, yeah, all of Beak Street. Like, we know those casting houses that we always go to. Tends to be for commercials. And then you've got, like, the umbrella rooms, which are for, like, TV and film and stuff. But then every now and again, one does come in that you're like, oh, I've never been here before. It doesn't make you go, I'm not going to go. But this was a theatre. Like, Mm -hmm. so what about that? I would never, if it was in a theatre, I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I just thought he maybe hired the space. I don't, I, I don't know. But, like, obviously when I arrived there and he was like, oh, nobody else is coming. I was like, how are you going to do a rehearsed reading with just me then? Obviously there was no intention of anybody else coming. Well, no. Oh, oh it gives me the creepy crawlies. It's horrible, isn't it? But I've had so many experiences like that. Yes. Yeah. So many. I've um, had a few. I'm now, I think, I definitely wasn't at the beginning. I'm now a big believer in like gut instinct, gut instinct, gut instinct. Mm. Yeah, exactly so, the same. Because I remember being, um, I did uh, something in Amsterdam, not when we went another time and uh, we were filming for a week and it was horrendous. It was the worst, one of the worst experiences I've had on set. Mm. Um, and it was like a similar-ish thing, but there was like such a weird power dynamic going on Mm -hmm. like at one stage I was getting um paid in per dm so you know like uh, a amount each day and at one point um I'd just done something really stupid where I I thought you could use like your phone contactless but you you couldn't you can't use that in Amsterdam like how we do here and for some unknown reason or you or you certainly couldn't when I went for some unknown reason I'd, I'd like left my bloody wallet and I was really rushing I'd left it in London and I was like oh okay well I've just I can just use my phone and it wouldn't work so I, I like emailed and I was like hey you know can I get my per dms because I literally like I, I haven't I don't have any cash like I can't get any money out and I had to like fight to get the money and then finally on like the second or third day of filming he made me like put my hand out and there was like crew everywhere and other cast and count individual euros into my hand and be like here we go then and it was so I felt like so embarrassed and humiliated so by patronizing. right and I was Ugh. like there is some weird power shit going on in this industry man that needs to be like stamped out immediately mm-hmm. 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 like without a shadow of a doubt I had another audition where I went onto somebody's houseboat and he made me sit in his houseboat and sing um oh and then act and then that the next night, this was one of my first auditions in London, he uh, had an event on at an art gallery that he invited everybody to come to. And every single girl he'd auditioned obviously turned up. And all it was was a night of him being surrounded by women. And that was the only reason he invited everybody. Luckily, I took my boyfriend um, and we left quite early because I cottoned on immediately to what yeah. he was doing. And the, the guy last the guy last year was doing the same thing, inviting me to these events so that we could like talk and meet people. And it's just crap I, I had an audition once in somebody's living room and I left like it just mm. see this is I the don't thing, know what's going on when I so I left drama school and and you're so excited to get any audition through especially online mm-hmm. that it's really weird that anyone can put an audition online yes. and it yeah. seems so professional if they do it on one of the sites and I remember I remember one um 
one time I got this audition, it was in East Ham and it was the same, it was in somebody's house. Oh and I arrived gosh. and I was like, nobody knows where I am. And it was just one man in a house in East Ham in his living room. And at the time it was really uncomfortable, but now looking back, it, it was quite funny. This guy, he called himself a filmmaker and he was talking about all the films that he'd made. And then when I found him later on YouTube, it was just him and his like phone on YouTube. <laughs> and, and he was like, right, I'm gonna make this movie. Um, and you're going to be the the beautiful girl. And what it is, it starts off as a rom comedy. It's a rom comedy, and then it turns into a horror. And I was like, <laughs> oh, right. And then, but you're trying to stay professional, so you're like, yeah, it's great, great idea. That's amazing. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And he was like, so we're going to do the proposal scene where where I propose to you. Um, <laughs> oh no! And I was like, there was just me and this man in his living room on a chair. <gasps> Did you and have then to kiss him. No, I didn't. But he he oh. he, he was like he was like. Um, and then he had a, he had like a, a, an emotional temper tantrum, and I my job in, was to improvise and to try and win him over. And he was like, "My character likes milkshakes, strawberry milkshake." So there's there's him going, "No, no," and me oh, going, no. "Would you like a strawberry milkshake? Oh, no. Would you like a strawberry milkshake?" Oh no! Oh my god! And then he and then and then it, the, it was one of those moments where I was like, "This is a prank," and everyone's gonna pop out, and yeah. there's gonna be cameras. Because he was like, right, the next bit is that you're, um, is that you're, you die in the movie, but there's a computer chip in the back of your head, and I was, I was like, so you're gonna take the computer chip, and then then you're on the run, uh, because the MI5 want to get this. It was the shittest movie in the history <laughs> of movies, but you have to wow. commit. You have to. It is. As, this this script this guy gave me last year to read. I was reading through it, and he's like, so what do you think about the part where? And I was like. I'm really sorry, but it makes no sense. There is no storyline. And yeah. he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, he was like, the writers are very, very famous. I was like, who are they? And he was like, it's all under NDA. And I was like, no, you can oh, tell me who the writer yeah. of this is. Yeah. Like, and it was I, the worst I, thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't know. This is the thing. Like you were saying, I think early, I remember one of the a second or third auditions I had. I mean, when I first graduated, my agent was like, just hilarious I mean she operated from her living room and there was one point where I went for an agent's meeting and she had like an open plan kitchen living room and she went to the kitchen but I, I could I could still see her it was just one room and then turned her back like this and for about like a good 15 minutes I was just watching her back and then she was like turned around and was like um okay yeah sorry ready for the meeting and I was like yeah because I mean, we've, we've been in the same room the whole, the whole time. <laughs> anyway, but then, um, one of about, one of about, the, I think that's about the second or third audition. This was, this is quite dark actually. And it was in a, um, I, I can never remember this place. It's somewhere, it's like Old Street, but it's like back, back end of Old Street. And it's in, um, it's almost in like a basement. And it's like really damp. It's, it's horrible. I've been there twice and the other one was reputable. So I don't think it's the place. Anyway, and I walked in and it was a commercial casting and the whole premise of the thing was that there would be like, and, and these are, I think the words of the thing, like unattainable woman and then the guy who managed to get her, right? So it was like a, a the through storyline, crap storyline was like a success of like, wow, look, this, this conventionally unattractive man has managed to get this conventionally attractive woman, like whatever. And it was like a, a beat it against the odds kind, you know, these crap commercial storylines they have. Anyway. And the scene was in the living room and he would make a move on me and 
for some reason, I can't even remember. I think it was like a coffee or something, but it wasn't a British, um, you know, a British, like made in the UK thing. And whatever it was, was meant to sort of indicating a little bit like that I was under the influence, which already is really dodgy, yeah. but definitely of not, not of my right mind. And so when he made a move on me, I would be like, oh, yes. Almost like the Lynx effect, that kind of feel, right? right. And this guy, he was, I remember he was like, so, he was like a really big guy. He was really, really sweaty and hairy and like um, all of this stuff. And then he, um, I was sitting on this like makeshift sofa with him and the cast, the casting director, whoever the person was in the room was like, oh, um, okay, so now you're going to kiss, go in and like kiss her neck and she's going to react and be like, oh, like, wow, what is his magnetism? Anyway, this went on for a bit and I was like, oh, oh I I'm not, like, you don't get paid for castings. This is horrible. And I looked down and I realised that the guy's flies were undone and he had like a, like a semi. <gasps> And, who, yeah, the, who and, the casting director or the guy you were no, with? No, the guy that I was with, the oh. actor. And I was like, oh no, this is really embarrassing for him. So at like one point, the guy, the the person who was in the room was like chatting and I was like, oh dude, you've um, like your flies are undone. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, this is just saying your flies are undone. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, <gasps> oh no, so do you want to like do your flies out? And he was like, nah. And then oh. the guy was like, okay, guys, can we pay attention, please? So we're going to, and I was like, and there was like a split second where I was like, hold on a second. Is, is this happening? He knows, he knows his flies were undone. He's got like some kind of semi-erection going on. And the now the casting director who didn't know what was going on, but it, the whole scenario is weird. Anyway, eventually, and I was really, because this is early on in my career. I like yeah. did, I did what you did. I stood up and I was like, do you know what? I just don't think that this is the part for me. And I, as I went to leave, the casting director was like, well, like, let's just finish it. We might as well finish it. And the guy went, yeah, you might as well finish it. And I was like, no, okay, oh. see you later. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done. You might as well finish it. I was like, oh, yeah. gone. bye. See you later. Oh. And, and so that's an example of like, actually, I don't think looking back that it was the pe- the outfit that was weird. I think it just happened to be the guy that I was yeah. with. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, that's awful. It's gross, Absolutely right? Absolutely awful. My first ever TV movie. My first ever. I was 18 years old and I got a role on a TV movie. And we, we filmed for a whole month in Yorkshire and we got quite close as like a, a, a TV crew. And thankfully, I'd made best friends with all the stunt team. Um, and I later, like, did a couple of stunts things with them in other movies. Um, but I, so luckily I had like allies in these like big men and we were, it was the last day of the filming and it, we were having the rap party and we were at the hotel and someone said to us, Hey, the, the real rap party is actually up in the penthouse, which is where the director was staying in the hotel. So everybody was leaving the foyer of the bar and we were getting into the lift that goes up to the penthouse. So a bunch of us got into the lift and the director was there and again, I was like 18, I was wearing a dress. And as we were going up in the lift, he put his hand up my dress into my knickers and like pinged my knicker elastic. And I just froze oh. and was like, oh my God, oh my God, like a grown man. And I was like, ew, I've met your wife and your kids and you're putting your hand in my knickers. And oh. I froze. And then he was like, he was talking to me about maybe getting another role 
and started like, and I was like, oh. oh. Um, and then I went to the to the uh, the stunt men, and I was like, um, the director just put, and I'm gonna say his name. It was Justin Hardy, and mm-hmm. um, from Hardy Pictures, and I was like, oh, he just put his hand in my knickers, and the men just formed like they formed a little barrier around me for the rest of the night, and I was just like, thanks guys. But if they weren't there, oh. Mm, it just happens and I didn't report it and again I didn't think to report it it was this really weird mentality of like if I kick up a ruckus about it then I'm not going to be on tv and I'm not going to be able to do anything like it I felt really but now obviously now with like the me too and stuff I think the directors are the ones that are actually more scared I remember filming something and somebody who was in the art department uh, it was in a taxi one of the scenes was in a taxi and uh, I was wearing like not that much and uh, they were trying to sort out the lighting. And so I had to stay in one position. And the guy who was from the art, who'd been like clearly flirta- annoyingly flirtatious the whole day or trying to be, uh, opened the door of the cab and like crawled onto the floor and was like, I just need to check, uh, check, check a couple of things in here, check lighting and stuff. And I was like, right. And I, they were like, okay, Maddie, just stay where you are, please. We just need to check lighting. Cause they were trying to get a reflection off the wing mirror and stuff. And yet I'm really aware that this guy is like lying around, like around my legs. It's a cat. It's a black cab. It's not that much room. Uh-uh. So um, then they're going, okay, all right, we're going to go for a take. Okay. He's still in the cab. He's still down there. Right. So, and I'm wearing a skirt. He's, he's right there. Like he's between my legs, literally. And they're like, okay, we're rolling and action buddy. And we, <laughs> I was like, and I literally part of me, I was like, be professional, be professional. I didn't mention it at the time because later when, when we'd cut, it wasn't that long after, they opened the door and they were like, dude, what are you doing in here? And he was like, oh, I got, I got stuck in here. And I was like, <gasps> I mean, that's not no, what happened. Didn't. Much later, I uh, made friends with the, uh, the gaffer and I told him, I was like, oh, by the way, like, just like, it was quite a weird thing. You know, I'm not saying he he, he touched me or anything. It's just, it was very weird that he was like da- lying down there between my legs, essentially. And um, someone, some other women had made, uh, had like uh, said something about him as well. And mm. he got booted off the rest of the, the rest of the shoot. I actually, I was researching this on, because it's, it's not just us sort of like beginner actors or um, it's like big actresses have the same thing as well. So it was um, Thandi Newton, uh, she did uh, an audition where the director asked her to sit with her legs apart and the camera was positioned where it could see up her skirt. And he then asked her, he said, right, put your leg over one arm of the chair. So she was right over. And she said, before you start your dialogue, think about the character and what the character is, um, how the character felt about the other character making love to them so basically she was like get turned on and then do your lines and not only this that later on newton found out that the director had circulated the video at various parties but yeah i just um but yeah so johanna you did a shout out didn't you on your socials we encourage people to get in touch with their stories where johanna finds other stories um some people write in so what did this week so um on my twitter um um, one of my actor friends called Maxim Rotsley. Uh, Max said that he once went for a job and the director spent uh, the whole read drawing a little beard in biro on his headshot. <gasps> That's so disrespectful. Oh my God. That's awful. I know. Just like, <laughs> imagine just being like, thank you. And you've just got like a little tash on your, on your headshot. Great. Cheers. Thanks, mate. That is Real so profesh. disrespectful. That Honestly, the awful. more you go into this industry, the less 
like I think the more I'm able to stand up for myself because I think if if I saw that oh boy I would yeah I would it is isn't it I think it's as you get older as you become more aware of who you are and and what's acceptable it suddenly is yeah I wouldn't think twice now like if I went to that same audition that was that I read out I'd have gone in and gone well nobody's here I'm sorry I'm just gonna ring my agent and then that would have been it. It would have been finished and been like, yeah, I'm leaving. What I also found as well, which um, something that um, now that we've got places like Tumblr and Twitter and the internet, um, this stuff can be brought to light. But ca- when you look at casting breakdowns on um, casting calls and audition calls, oh, what these they say are about awful. women is oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So I just pulled up just a couple that I could find on the internet and I was like, oh my God. So um, this one is called... The, the character's called The Other One. A beautiful young woman, brackets, nudity. It says The Other One is an... <laughs> She's an ethereal character that appears throughout the film in the background, <laughs> reclining naked, very carefully and tastefully done. Wow. Uh, and during the film, we get close-ups of her amazing face and she speaks a few words to camera, but no acting experience is necessary. And just a very interesting look. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Very pale skin is interesting. Long hair, magical eyes. We look forward to seeing you. I'm uh, sure you females, do. Uh, females aged 18 to 26. Sorry, if you're over 26, wow. you're an old bag. So absolutely oh, not. Wow. Now this one, um, it says, the girl should be over 18, but appear 15. Oh, <gasps> no. Oh, that's awful. Oh, Looking... Looking for an attractive but shy-looking sad girl who's driven to suicide after posting nude videos of herself. Actress must be okay with nudity, topless, and rear nudity. Rear nudity. That is those two words rear. together. Your anus. Your anus. Just your anus in, in the world. That's fine. Um, you will be improvising emotions. Um, and this will be a portrait of your life. <laughs> There, um, this is very underground, so there's no pay, but you will be provided with a with a producer credit and, of course, an acting credit on a IMDb. Producing credit, <laughs> but you've not been a producer. Um, looking for an actress oh. who can provide her own room or access to oh a room. Oh my god! So, so uh, want to do days of shooting? Um, very simple, but very complex in emotion. So you want to look underage, get naked, no pay, provide your own location for free. Bullshit casting. Uh, and no, these no, no, things- no, Johanna, I'm sorry, but you get a producer credit on IMDb. Do you know- <laughs> oh, it's worth it, babe. I, I just, it's literally like, it's like, we want you to be sexy, yeah. but not too sexy. And we want you to be hot, but also very, very shy. And if you can be sad, shy? but at the same time. Small, yeah, suicidal, like- but sexy suicidal. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> And this one says, prefer an actor who's not thin. It's a great role for a feminist. (gasps) Oh, wow. What? Wow. Well, this has been a weird little journey from your diary. (laughs) (laughs) We've We've gone gone from your diary (laughs) to a cab, a a weirdo in a cab right the way round. But this is amazing. To rear nudity, to from nooses to <laughs> nooses and nudity. All <laughs> I the name of the podcast. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. Nooses and nudity. <laughs> nooses and nudity. I'm writing that down. 
Oh my goodness. Brilliant. Thank you, Maddie, for giving us your time. Yeah, and thank you. Yeah, that was a very deep one. Pleasure. That's Thanks completely for different me. to any of the podcasts yeah. we've done. Different so mind. thanks for sticking with us, guys. And hopefully it's been educational. Please do get in touch with any of your stories. Um, uh, if you want to share anything, you can. You can get in touch with yeah. us at DMS Nick Thief across our socials, of course, or at Johanna James at It's Sophie Craig. Maddie, where can people find you? Uh, so on my Twitter at Maddie underscore Anholt, because someone's taken at Maddie Anholt, but on Instagram, <laughs> I am at Maddie Anholt. Um, yeah. You're a good tweeter. I'm an active you're, tweeter. You're active. You're active on the socials. I neglect my Twitter. Mm. It's terrible. No, but your Instagram's like top game. No, top game. I've never said that in my life. <laughs> top game. <laughs> top game. <laughs> top game. Top, 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 top game. Slipping. Okay. Oh, dear.